she was just playing and she was like putting toys away and she was just by herself there and i was like in another room but still close by that i could hear it and she was just putting something and she's like what the fuck and i was like <laughs> and i was like i literally was in another room like googling what i should do in this case i was like what do you do when your when your child says the first cursing word hello it's Eglantina Zing. You might have heard some things about me, perhaps. And yes, I am all of that and much more. And in my podcast, The Zing with Double G, I will be sharing my views, thoughts, opinions on culture, society, feminism, sex, and all of it. All of that everyone is thinking, but no one dares to talk about. Every Wednesday, I will be offering you a new episode with incredible guests from celebs, friends, big names, authors, artists. And also, since I love talking to myself, will be only me talking my head. The last episode of the season will be exclusively for you guys with my subscribers. So we'll get to chat. I will get to read some of your DMs, play your voice notes, and talk basically of whatever you want. So don't forget to subscribe, join the fun, and listen to The Zing every Wednesday. You can find The Zing at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcast. Follow me at Eglantina Zing, Z-I-N-G-G, to DM and get in touch. Let us explore and lose control. <laughs> Eso, vita. Hello. Hello. I'm training my voice. <laughs> Let's do it. High or low? High? High? I am low. Low. Ooh. Ooh. I feel Ooh. like it's like a rotting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a different direction. <laughs> it's also good. It's like, man, sh should I stay or should I go? It's like, it's, there's, there's no, no, no middle, no middle ground. No. Bueno. Welcome to a new episode of The Zing. I'm going to fix my microphone here all this beautiful audience, mis amados, bellos y preciosos. Tenemos un nuevo episodio hoy with a beautiful, beautiful girl who it's a Victoria's Secret model, a super top model, a tastemaker, an influencer, a content creator, a mother, a wife, a former Russian or originally from Russia, but now we have adopted her in Miami and she's a <laughs> Miami local, Vita Sordikina. Sordikina. Don't worry. Let's, let's, welcome you know, to the Zing, most, man. Most of the time they call me Vita Ass and there is a reason for it, so. Vita Ass? Yeah, Vita Ass. Like, Vita, uh, I, I, Vita, I mean, you can call Vita, me Vita Ass too. <laughs> I'm from a pretty good one. Ella <laughs> bunda. Vita is an ass. She's, but she's Vita taking people. Vita is an ass. But <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, start for things first. How actually do you pronounce your name? Because we all say, like, and even in my name is so complicated. Yeah. How do you pronounce yours? Eglantina? No, but yours. Oh, uh, I thought you asked me to pronounce yours. Uh, no, I'm like, I, I thought it was a test. You, I, I, she, I practiced she, it before. She practiced. She's good. Eglantina, perfecto. Um, actually, it's the first time I, I ever heard a name like yours. So it was interesting. We're going to have to go name. play the lotto today mm -hmm. because when it's the first time. And if you hear about the Amazons, you're going to get drunk. But today you cannot get drunk. <laughs> no. Because we're not two, we're three in this <laughs> podcast. We are. 
Uh, so uh, my name is Vita for short, but my actual name, which not so many people know, is Vitalina. Vitalina. Yes. ¿Y qué significa Vitalina? So it's actually not a Russian name, which is quite interesting. It's uh, a name from Italian region. Vita especially, like Vita is kind uh, of an uh, old life, world, no? yeah, old world Italian name, which I find quite funny because um, growing up in Russia with Russian parents, my parents called me, you know, gave me this name. Uh, and, you know, in the end, I married an Italian man. I mean, how crazy is that? I feel like they wrote a destiny for me. Uh, they did. Allora, le ha scritto il destino. Lei parla l'italiano. I don't really speak uh, Italian well, but uh, there was a moment in my life when I was pregnant with my first. Um, I had a lot of time and I dedicated my pregnancy time <laughs> to learning Italian. I got to the point when I started to understand a lot and the teacher is like, okay, now you have to practice, like tell your husband to practice with you. And I was like, okay. But he has zero patience, so we got it like in fight constantly because he was annoyed by my level of <laughs> Italian. And I just, I just told him, listen, if you don't want to speak Italian and you prefer English, like that's it. I got to the point when I understand what he's saying on Italian, so he can't talk shit about me. That's and good. that's just good enough for that's me. That's good <laughs> enough. I say the same with my girlfriend. She doesn't want to speak Spanish, but she understands everything. Eu estou pegando aula de português com Marta, Marta Graff, our yeah. friend, in her TikToks. Yeah. Você quer falar português brasileiro? Não sei. Não. É não. There's a difference, right? I don't know the difference, so. So tem que, não sei, neither do I, man. But uh, <laughs> languages are complicated. But even Russian, imagine what, uh, didn't your husband wanted to, to learn Russian? No. No? <laughs> I always love that the only thing he loves about Russia is me. <laughs> <laughs> he well, doesn't like Russian food. He doesn't like Russian music. Uh, but The somehow, polka. He doesn't like the polka. No, I mean, Polka I is a Russian every music time, or is every it time, uh, Polish? Polka, I think it's... Polish. Yeah, no. don't ask me those questions. What is Russian music? I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know this song. Um, it's like, I feel like every foreigner maybe know. Kalinka malinka kalinka maya sada yagda malinka kalinka maya. Vite kalinka maya. Vamos kalinka maya. Now we need to show the vodka to finish it up. And caviar. Exactly. See? Good thinking. I love so, that. Vite, there's a good Russian. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to go to Russia. I've never been in Russia. So, um, what are the things you love the most about Russia? I know it will be a surprise for a lot of people, but last time I've been in Russia was more than 12 years ago. Wow. So I moved to United States 12 years ago, and I, when I moved, I was sure that this is going to be my base, that I want to live here. So I never been back since then. It just happened that my modeling career started to happen so fast, and. I was pretty dedicated to it, and I felt like I couldn't take off work. So I ended up basically being here for 12 years without going back to Russia. My parents always come to visit me because they love United States, and actually they're the one who kind of raised me with this like American dream. 
and I feel like every time they come here, they like enjoy their time so much that I, uh, whenever I decide to come there, they're like, <laughs> don't worry, we come to you. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's actually easy for me. Okay, cute. Yeah. But, um, so answering your question, I didn't really travel myself, Russia, as crazy as it is, because Russia is so big and I'm from a tiny small town that is on the border with China. So it's kind of totally different from Moscow cool. or other big cities. It's like a little, little town on the middle of nowhere, which, which is like heavily influenced by Asia. So, um, so yeah, if you ever decide to go to Russia to like explore it, maybe I'll join you because I need to explore it too. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I've been always wanted to go to Russia and, um, but yes, obviously it's a huge, huge country and we all know about Moscow. We all know about uh, St. Petersburg or the Tsar, the Faber Bay, but also we do know about the beautiful women and this is one <laughs> of Russia's finest models. <laughs> You have walked well, thank you. the pr uh, the runways for Victoria's Secret, done the campaigns for Hermes. Uh, well, you're constantly a, a tastemaker and a content creator with a humongous following. But I wonder how did this all started? When you were a young girl, you thought like, I'm gonna be a model, this is what I wanna do, or where were you discover, or? It's an interesting Like Natalia Vodianova, <laughs> you know? I, um, I didn't grow up like dreaming to be a model. I feel like the modeling kind of happened to be in my life by chance, but then I grew into like loving it and see opportunity in it. Um, so interesting story how I got into modeling. Um, we had this modeling school, like very stupid kind of because <laughs> it's like, I don't know what it gives you, but basically it's a modeling school for kids where you go and like learn catwalk and how to take care of yourself. I mean, like beauty in general, beauty is very worshipped in Russia culture. So mm -hmm. I felt like probably that's where it like came from to like teach women how to like be a lady. <laughs> um, so I went there with just like a fun idea to explore that, to like learn how to walk on a high heel. So I went there with my friend because she invited me. And funny enough, um, there was a casting for um, modeling agency in Japan. Um, and out of everyone that was there, they chose me, which was like such a big surprise for me because I never, going to the school, like I never imagined myself being like a model. It wasn't in my plan. And I felt like my friend was like very offended by it, <laughs> uh, that she wasn't chosen and I was, and it was like a big conflict. So. Um, I ended up going to Japan after a year. My mom was like super against it. Like, where are you going? Like, I was just 13 years old. Like, my mom was all 13. shocked. I was 13. So I had this like big contract to that time. Like, you know, they paying me all this money to be there for three months doing modeling. Like, my mom was all shocked. Like, where are you going? This is crazy. Like, who are those people? Are they going to kidnap you? Yes. <laughs> like, the whole thing. Um, you know, we did a little bit of research about the agencies, like it took her time to learn a little bit about the industry, what the agency was, you know, we met with them. It was like, you know, just to make sure that it was legitimate. So I went to one trip, it went well. I came back with a good amount of money. Um, you know, obviously everyone was happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did my first money when I was um, 
13. Actually, it wasn't my first job. My first job was at the bakery. <laughs> this is what is woman in But it was like my first at the big bakery. money, <laughs> you know? For the bakery, you just did a couple bucks. Exactly. But this one was like a real amount of money. And I just felt so like, I don't know. I feel like the money gives you this empowerment Go. feeling. Say it. And I think that it's kind of addicting <laughs> in a way, right? When you're financially independent and gives you like, this ability to feel like you can manage those money and do with them whenever you want. It's kind of like gives you a very nice feeling inside. <laughs> so that was my kind of first encounter with like a big money. <laughs> I love it because and thank you for bringing this into the subject. Uh, last week I was uh, called as an ambassador for Vogue, Espacio Vogue. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it has nothing Espa really mm -hmm. to do with this, but um, all the chats are about women empowerment, but we were at a lunch and nobody could buy a ring of a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I need to get my husband. Great if you can get anybody or your special uh, significant other to buy your things, which is fantastic because as a present, but I was like the most important thing about women empowerment with the foundation that I have 13 years and my own experience is, is to have that, um, economical freedom that independence that you're just talking with a big smile but a little shy <laughs> you're a little shy about <laughs> it and i really want you to share because sometimes as women we think uh, if if you talk about that or like and i was wondering on the uh, the conversations that we had with the editor of vogue and some other designers and other people it was like is it a mindset that that we don't ask for or is it a a, a what is it that women are still fighting for an equal pay or for an equal, you know, place on the table? Right. Uh, I mean, coming back to a topic of just generally money, I think that, um, as I said, like, you know, raising a girl, I think it's definitely, I want to give her an example of like how to be independent and, and career driven. I think it gave me a lot of opportunities in life. I'm in no way like judging women that choose to be at home stay mom, which by the way, the hardest freaking job, job in the world. In the world. And my, you know, I, I've been raised very differently in a different household, like very traditional Eastern European, where my dad worked all his life and my mom was home taking care of us and home. And like seeing my mom, she was very balanced and fulfilled as a woman and I didn't felt like she had any sort of discomfort in her being in that place. And again, I think it comes a lot with the fact that we are living in a different place where, you know, it's not like a, a city where we live right now where it's a lot of things happening. And like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure around mm. where, where I'm from, it's like a smaller town where everyone lives in a sort of like the same way. So, and that's the way she kind of probably saw it and chose for her to be. I also think that giving credit to my dad, like I grew up in such an amazing family. Um, my, my mom and dad are still married and I, I, growing up, I have seen such a beautiful example of love and I think it gave me so much in life too. That's why I always say <laughs> one of the biggest, um, responsibility in life as a mom is choosing your partner wisely 
um, because I just seen how much impact my father and my mom gave me with like their beautiful example of love. And despite the fact that my mom was like fully financially dependent on my dad, I never felt that my dad gave her a feeling that she's less doing less effort yeah. and putting less effort into a family than him. Where I think in a modern world, things a little mm -hmm. twisted, you know, a little bit. True. You know. That you either tell the woman you're not doing anything or you put the, the credit down or yeah. the woman needs to prove and will. So I think that, you know, in my family as, uh, you know, right now being, um, having my own family, I think just from my own angle. And again, I think every woman needs to choose what works for her, right? What works for me might not work for someone else. But I think I learned for myself that somebody that had financial freedom since age 13 cannot go and depend fully on my husband at age in my 20s because it's just not mentally healthy for me. Like I didn't felt, you know, when I stopped working when I was pregnant, um, it just felt like I lost a piece of me. Like, it's not even about the money, but it's more about like the process and having a goal and, and having the next thing to look forward to. Why? Because of the time? No, it's just like, I, I think that generally, like, as I said, like I used to the fact that I have my own financial freedom and like I, I do things, you know, I'm looking forward to the next goal. Okay. And I think this is super important for me. Like this drive that I have is like addicting. Yeah. So like slowing down and being a homestay mom, I felt like I didn't have that anymore. Okay. As much as I enjoy being a mom, I feel like it's healthier for me to have this balance where I can exist outside of home and being a mom and, and also, you know, being a mom and at, at homestay mom and working mom at the same time. That works for me. But as I said, there is no judgment for women that chose not to perceive the career and be a full-time moms. But I think every uh, uh, every more often there's more women wanting to uh, pursue their careers and perhaps not with the same balance that you have it as being a working mom and sh um, flushing the fucking toilet while we're doing a podcast <laughs> might not be the best combination <laughs> in the world. But <laughs> <laughs> life. <laughs> but that's life. <laughs> you know. But um, I, I, there's three, there's a, a bunch of things that you said that I, I wanted to take care of. You were uh, financially independent at 13 when you make your big uh, contract. A friend of you invited you and then she got pissed off. <laughs> yeah. What about sorority in <laughs> this world of a jungle and especially about uh, among women because we, you see men working together and you see sometimes women getting a contract and the other one not getting it and having this competition especially when you're modeling or where you're in a beauty contest you see people just uh, or your f best friends not being your best friends or being the biggest uh, traders um, did you ever have to experience that after 13 or how I do mean you, you know entering modeling industry I think we can all agree it's highly competitive business uh, that is very much focused on beauty so I think you know, growing up in that type of industry where it was all about judging you by the look. Mm. You know, now I feel like it's a little bit evolved and mm. they ask you, 
to be a little bit more than just a look, which mm. is great. But I think that back then it was pretty like old school where it was just all about measuring you. Like every week you would be in the agency, there would be with a measuring tape, like measuring your hips, measuring your waist, measuring your uh, chest, and they wouldn't care like if you know yeah. if you had any excuse. Like you just had to be by parameters that been written on a contract, and if you was one each uh, right or left, this would like highly affect your check, you know, paycheck, which I think is absolutely crazy. Um, but honestly, like I didn't know any better. I was just there and just playing by those rules. Um, so it's a very kind of, um, how to say, intense environment uh, where all the women are fighting for their spot. Um, you know, entering the modeling as a child, I definitely was very insecure. And slowly, slowly, I learned who I really was and what my values are. And it it didn't happen until later, to be honest. Like it, you know, it took me a long time to get to that mindset where it's like, okay, if you don't want me, go. You know, um, but. Definitely, I didn't have a lot of good friendships um, being in modeling industry. It's actually funny. I said to my husband the other day, I felt like finally when I'm almost 30 years old, I actually have real friends. And it just happened in the last, you know, couple of years because I feel like I exited modeling fully and I started to be like in a real world of like people that want to get to know you, not just like be there for sort of benefits or you know something want to get from you or like want to be there for instagram i mean you still meet those in miami yeah, of course everywhere. but i feel like you know being a mom and being a little bit different environment i have a lot more like deeper connections now with friends i have but i also don't like um wow it's uh it, it must have been hard because you started at 13 years old moving from your hometown you at a young age you got a super huge contract and to pursue your dreams and that independence economical independence or your you know it's super fashionable it's, it's it's super exciting to get that uh that opportunity to be in the limelight no but at the same time it comes with a with a lot of hardships uh, and then you have to transition. How do you explore your self-confidence, um, becoming yourself? And as the person, as you say, right now, 30, it's like, what is it, 13 to 30? Yeah. I'm not good at math, but it's somewhere around 20-something. <laughs> 20, 20 20-something yeah. years that you have to go through a, a lot of changes. And um, art, uh, like in the modeling industry, as you, as you say, when you probably started, it was like... Um, I tell you my personal story. Mm -hmm. I w I grew up in the Amazons. You're gonna have to have a drink, but you can't, <laughs> uh, because my father is a, a explorer and my mom too. But I have a whole lot of family around the fashion world. Carolina mm -hmm. is my aunt, and the other aunt is a other famous designer, and blah blah. And I wanted to be a model because I wanted to get my uh, financial and economical freedom. And grow growing up in a family of a l strong macho men uh, and very strong women as well. But um, I wasn't seeing that the family business was going to be the one who would give me that independence. So right. they, they had offered me some opportunities in the fashion mm -hmm. thing. And when I went to mm -hmm. 
um, this show that was happening in Venezuela with the uh, big brands of Italy, La Perla, mm-hmm. Armani, blah, blah. It was that time that the models were, and uh, I'm much older than you, so there was the models of like really, really skinny and really, really tall. I did not fit the thing. I'm a, go- a, go- a football player uh, <laughs> and tall, but I still sporty. had like <laughs> sporty. So, but I did speak another language. So mm-hmm. the casting director was Italian and she couldn't communicate. I was like, ciao, allora, ah, ma allora, parli italiano io abbastanza. So ma you impressed I don't, I don't speak shit. Right, you pretended. <laughs> and I pretended and the, the models were coming. She's like, tell her tomorrow at 9 a.m. And I was like, domani no vengas. <laughs> Mañana no vengas. So I, I killed all the models and there were only two other models that came the day uh-huh. after and she had to put me on the show and that's how I started my modeling career. I'm not very proud of it, but you know, the law of survival. Right. But then again, they will keep telling you about your look, about your nose, about this. And it, at a point, I, I couldn't find my self-confidence. And that will bring you a bunch of other issues in life. Did it brought you any kind of uh, disorder, issues with your image, with yourself? Uh, I have a long history of like, um, you know, of I, I've been sharing it on my YouTube channel. Um, the eating disorder that I had while modeling, um, gratefully I overcome this, overcome this, and I think that I overcome this only at the time when I actually exited modeling and became a mom and kind of like, I think motherhood changed me in a lot of ways and like especially having a lot of respect for my body, like seeing that mm. it created life, it like completely True. switched <laughs> my mindset. Um, but you know i think it's pretty obvious that if you grow up always concentrated on how you look you'll create an unhealthy unhealthy relationship with anything and i think it applies to anything if you're too focused on one thing without having a balance in life it will create eventually you know an obsession that will play tricks on your mind and I think it did it with me and I was really having an unhealthy relationship with food, always thinking that I need to lose weight, gaining weight, losing weight. And it's just been like a psychologically very hard. Um, you know, I actually recently um, shared this, you know, eating disorder uh, story. I think I shared it multiple times. And somebody asked me if I was like regretting the pass I took because you know, ev- all the models talk about the eating disorder and how horrible the industry is. And as bad as bad as it is, and I'm not approving it in any way. And it's it's horrible what they were you know doing to all the young girls and how they affected us. But I'm not the type of person that took advantage of it and played by those rules because in the end it was my decision to mm. do it. Nobody forced me. I could just walk away anytime and take a ticket home and and go and live my life. In the end, I played by those rules. I accepted it. I took the best I could and and I cannot talk badly about it because, you know, like I I objectively talk what's good, what's bad. But when people ask me if I regret leaving it, I I say no. Would I recommend it to someone? No, I say it's bad. But I think it's stupid to regret your past if it shaped you in a person you are today, because I don't know if I will be sitting with you today 
and having a, my beautiful family and living in a beautiful place if I wouldn't go through those hardships that I had. <laughs> you know, I love it because most people will blame the industry. They will blame or like this. And nowadays we're having, as you say, an industry in the fashion world that is, you walk for Victoria's Secret. And now and like I talk openly about the things that they've done wrong, you know, and I think that in any business, nobody running business perfectly. No. And they've done a lot of mistakes. And I think that as a business, they were catering to the people that were there, right? Mm -hmm. I think the world changed a little and that's why we evolved a little in a little bit different space. Um, and people weren't accepting at some point what they were representing there. But, you know, I'm Victoria's Secret definitely was one of the hardest things I've done in my life and it put me through a lot of stress. But I cannot be talking badly about them because in the end, this is the goal I set for myself. I went willingly to that and I also got like a lot of advantage after that. So I don't know, I'm not in a spot to like blame anyone. It's just in life, like I don't think there's the right way, like the right thing to blame things someone else for things that you've done in the end you are the driver of your own life so you're, responsible you're responsible for, for yourself your, yes absolutely and what you're doing is taking responsibility and it's not that i agree with victoria secret or anything uh, i think they're fantastic and whoever walked that runway it gives you a lot of benefits with a lot of you know uh, side effects yeah uh, and now it's interesting that you see not only Victoria's Secret being with this inclusive body positive image, but most of the designers and the other day we were, were in Fashion Week in New York speaking to one of the great designers and it says it's it's being like forced also now to be uh, inclusive and yep. body positive. Yep. My designs are not made for that because I don't feel that and it should be democratic for everybody to fit in whatever they, 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 they want to fit in. But I think also as a society for many years, we have grown up with the idea of beauty being in a, in a specific standard. So it makes us go through very hard situations of, um, of trying to get your body into ways that naturally is not genetically done that way. And everybody has a chance to be beautiful and to be creative and expressive, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very politically correct, I think, expressing myself. I so love somebody who's <laughs> not politically correct, finally. <laughs> so a lot finally. of people probably will attack me. It's not going to be me. Go, say it. Um, so <laughs> I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm I, yeah, I, I, I already shared it, this thoughts, and I, I've got very mixed feelings from people. But I look at it this way. I think, yes, when I was in an industry, the parameters were extreme and they needed to be changed, right? And I think there was at some point where there was a change, but still there was a sort of a beauty standard in it, where now I feel like there is no parameters at all. Anyone can be a model. And I'm not necessarily thinking it's right because what if tomorrow I want to be a basketball player and I don't have a height and I don't have a talent? So does it mean that now, uh, you know, basketball uh, society needs to lower the standard to meet my needs? And I think it applies the same to modeling. Like, 
yes, the beauty standard needed to be lower. Like we don't need to be an exact same parameter. But I think that still modeling industry is about the beauty. And the beauty is not the, just about the, the look, you know? I remember like the first, I think, groundbreaking model that shocked everyone was Ashley Graham. Mm -hmm. And she was the first like plus size model that became famous. And as shocking as it was, like, you know, nobody's seen a, a curvy girl like her on the cover of the magazine, especially representing a sexy girl, like it was a Sport Illustrated. And to be honest, like when I saw her, I thought she, wow, she's stunning. And like seeing her interview, how much personality she has, like there was something in her mm -hmm. that will stop you and look at her and appreciate her and True. like say, wow, she, she has it, you know, she has something in her. Where now, I honestly think 90% of the models that I see, yes, they're exclusive, like, exclusive, exclusive, ex whatever. Inclusive. inclusive. Okay. Inclusive. inclusive. Yes, it's ex inclusive and everyone can relate to it. But like looking at those pictures, like I don't feel anything. Does it's it make true. sense? See, it's like music. It's like, it's, it's it nothing there. It's like, there is no personality in a lot of cases. No, like, beauty. <laughs> like, why? I, I, I don't know, because <laughs> we have all these little things now that everybody has to be inclusive. You have to call people this. You have to have a, you know, now, mm -hmm. like, I have a, an organization that for 13 years we use soccer, which is a super male-dominated sport to yeah, give it. young mm -hmm. girls social-emotional skills. And um, they they want to sit you on the table just because they need to be inclusive and they need to have a girl or they need to have somebody of color or they mm -hmm. need to have this. And not because of your abilities, as what you're saying. But I think it's uh, not good because that lowers, uh, the, that's lowers, the, lowers the motivation of people. everything for yeah. everybody. It's not as good as you are. You just fit in the, the, the profile and then you get the job. And I think you have to get a job because you're the best one Absolutely. at it. Yeah. You work your, ha your ass off. Yeah. Even if you had to go through those difficult times, nowadays you have a very healthy uh, uh, well-being and you're very open about it in, in, in your social media, but also about, uh, about what you eat. And, and, and I understand that there's a lot of people that are haters and the criticism. Listen, the reality is people are so sensitive nowadays. Whatever you say is wrong. So at this point, you're like, whatever. I just say whatever yeah. I think. That, that's a Russian Vita. <laughs> I say whatever I think and I like her and I vote for Vita. <laughs> I mean, yes, there, you know, I think that it's, it's pretty sad to see because to be honest, like I loved America for free speech and how people are just like free to express themselves and coming from a background where our country is opposite of that mm -hmm. is very i would say communistic country we're becoming one um i don't like to go into politics of course but why not because let's, i i let's I, dig into politics. i just i just don't <laughs> like to talk about things that i'm not expert at you know there's a lot of like people on instagram would be like oh you know now we're having this you know horrible war between Ukraine and Russia, which is absolutely heartbreaking. And I, you know, I said in a lot of times on my Instagram that I'm not supporting it, but people like want more, they want more from you and like, you know, for you to, to express your opinion. And I'm like, I don't know a lot about 
the politics like i cannot speak about a topic that i don't know about like there is a journalist who studies this and who knows a lot about it and i'm like there to learn but like my account my instagram account is not about politics like that's true and i i I am so sorry uh, i I was going to cancel culture so coming back coming from that background where we are like kind of suppressed Mm -hmm. um i appreciated a lot about you as the fact that you can like express yourself your thoughts and i honestly believe that you know we don't know everything we none of us know everything and i think that you know by asking questions and by expressing your opinion this is how conversation happens and by like having these restrictions i feel like we don't learn Mm. people don't have conversations anymore we have a cancel culture where whatever you say is is wrong they always see through some things that are not even there and honestly like it became very difficult on even social media to like express your opinion a lot of times because people are just like waiting there to jump on you and cancel you and i think it's absurd i agree with you listen i grew up in the middle of the jungle with a lot of freedom then i went into a city and they will tell me not to do things just because i was a girl or you know shut up because of this and then i went to have a whole career even of challenging the status quo within my family and what they expected of me and um even today, I was saying I worked and I had the, the the blessing to my first job to be as a host of MTV. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to be bold and uh, and ask things. MTV was very big in uh, Russia too. Like it's uh, a big brand. It, yeah, it, it, was, it. it was huge, and yeah. it was it was about your boldness. It was about like you know celebrating differences, and it was that moment of of creating. And now we've turned into an era, which I understand that the bulliness and you know people we should all be able to achieve things but yeah i want to be a musician but man i cannot even sing the ah! so yeah, like, yeah. yeah yeah like this there's no um, even if i want to why would that have to be democratic then my country venezuela we came into a turmoil um, and we were just in Cuba for my birthday and they were like, oh, this is a beautiful country and it's amazing. And yeah, it's amazing, but there's not an ATM. There's no food. There's only one TV channel if right. you have turned. And even, and that's w- if you have electricity. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that is if you have water. Right. And that is if like, you know, so there's all these sides that sometimes with, um, with the world that we have, we tend to, um, enhance these uh, ideals that have not brought anything equally to anybody but misery mm-hmm. and for a putting you in a spectrum of um, of not learning of not having to express or yes they're happy happy because you surrender because there's no other hope you just yeah. have to deal with it and uh, in any case, that was I didn't want to bring this conversation into 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 politics, but I think the sensibility that you have of uh, of uh, America has a lot of uh, of bad things, but it's a country that I was able to form my business. That uh, technology has given me. I mean, it comes the same way as for uh, my modeling career. I'm like, I can't bl- I can, you know, blame a country that um, that gives me so much opportunity, and I do think still, you know. Nobody's perfect as any human as well. And you always have to measure 
pluses and minuses and i feel like us still has a lot of pluses that overcome the minuses and i think that's why we're all here exactly uh but i do feel like in the last few years we went a little bit into a weird space and where it's a shit show yeah I where mean. everyone is so sensitive and i feel like we inter entered the culture where everyone likes to blame everyone for their own failures like and i think that's kind of putting uh, blaming other people and putting responsibilities on someone else never creates anything good like it's some you're saying you have a bunch of thousands of followers and perhaps they will some of them will criticize oh like yeah you're saying you have an eating disorder and like you're skinny and you're beautiful and you have this everybody has a little kind of a bitchiness around it uh, how do you navigate through that yeah, and you're move not forward and yeah you're not gonna please everyone that's something i understood and it comes to everything like they criticize everything they criticize uh, your family life they criticize your whatever you say your style i mean it's there will it's just normal i think it's normal we are humans and we're not meant to agree on everything i do think that sometimes like it's it boils my nerves. I'm like, okay, nobody asked your opinion. Why are you <laughs> DMing me about like a message like this about criticizing? They and do I do that. Oh yeah, like like a one huge woman DM. would like DM DM like a person would spend. I swear, like the message long like this. Like she probably spent an hour on it. I'm like, who has time? She wrote me a, a letter like expressing her thoughts about my personal life, about my marriage, about my career. It's like, <laughs> wow, girl, you have a lot of time in hands. <laughs> Shit. So, you know, and in the end, you put yourself, I, I get boiled sometimes and I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, I'm writing this uh, on, on Instagram, like, okay, stop ding me about like things that I don't ask you. But in the end, when I come down, it's like, okay, you know what? I chose this career to put myself out there. People see what I'm doing. And, and I guess DMs there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And my choice, my choice is like not to open this DM if I don't want to see it. No, man, and you've gone through s hard times too, and people don't see that, and they just see the the beauty of it, and it's super easy to criticize or have an opinion. What do you do to listen to your in intuition? And as we were speaking at the beginning, so you do it in Spanish, you do it in English, and you tell me trust your gut. Very straightforward. That Vita is <laughs> no, tiene carácter. How do you um, trust your own intuition when you hear all this? How do you turn off all those little voices? Do you exercise? you meditate? Uh, do you just go not back meditate. to... No? <laughs> I mean, I do yoga. I like yoga, but I'm not like... I like spirituality, but you I do a lot of myself. exercise because I see... I, I love working. Work, working out is my meditation. See? I always say yes. It's like, I think the adrenaline gives me and just like... But you do heavy workout or stretching or... Do everything. Everything. Mixing it. Uh, but... What, what are we talking about about this how do you how do you turn off those little voices how do you like yes. you like trust your god and say this is my this is my my plan and i'm going for it no matter whoever's in is in and whoever's out is out i think that i always had this personality trait where i was doing things that are true to like i always been true to, to myself rest. since i was a little girl i remember um funny story and that's something that actually my mom brought up in one i did only one russian interview on my channel and my mom was in it because my mom doesn't speak english but i really wanted to bring her in because i think that like people meeting her will see will see her and like she deserved that place you too. love like your to mom yeah no? i love my parents. i love my mother too um 
And she <laughs> actually brought this memory uh, where she said, like, I knew you had that that drive in you and that like character in you from early age. Like I never was worried about you that somebody will like, you know, involve you in like drugs or alcohol because she said I knew that you had good good example of us and a very strong character. And I remember there was something like at school and then Russian system is like you're not supposed to talk back to the teacher and not supposed to discuss anything like there is only teacher opinion and no one else. That's it. <laughs> so and when I was in first grade, um, I think there was some sort of like we had to learn a poem or I don't I don't remember exactly the details. But basically, I was disagree with a teacher and I stood up and I was like seven years old and I told to a teacher I think you think this way, but I think differently. And I told her my thoughts, what I, what I thought. And she basically called my parents next day to come to school. And she told them that I discredited her in front of all the class Shoot. expressing my opinion. So my mom said, she, of course, she apologized because she didn't want to create conflict. But she said when she left, she felt very, I don't know. She said she felt like a feeling that, okay, this girl, like she, she, has, she has her own opinion with a lot of proudness this the pride that a mother can have because even i can imagine growing up in a country like that that you have to keep your opinion to yourself seeing your daughter and supporting you that you have your god's very foot well put yeah so i don't think any bad comment will ever put you down no and, um, i think that it's it's affecting me like it's it's affecting it's affected me in before i think now i grew into like being resilient to it but I do think that for me, like a good exercise that you said, like, how did you come to like, okay, just go for things that you want to do. I think that for me was a good exercise is starting my YouTube channel one and a half year ago. And I think it was going out of, we were talking about, yeah. we start recording, going out of comfort zone. Yeah. I've been doing modeling for so long and that's literally the only thing I knew how to do. I don't have education. Like I only finished high school. I didn't. I didn't go to university because I pursued my modeling career. But she speaks three languages. Uh, so I, you know, and I and have no shame in it. And is independ <laughs> financially independent <laughs> since 13. So I, you know, I, what I was, just lost the thought. No, what you were trying to tell me is like, um, I, I'm sorry, what, what was it that you said that um, uh, your mother was like, yeah. Come on, we can find it. I know. It's going to uh, come. But you know what? It's uh, what I think it's important because people, sometimes you put yourself down uh, with the idea of not yeah, being. Yes, so I was, I was talking that coming back. Yeah. I remember yeah. now. So before we start recording, we were talking about um, putting yourself out there. Putting YouTube. yourself out there, uh, going out of a comfort zone. I think that modeling it was something I've been doing all my life. And mm -hmm. that's the only thing I knew how to do. I didn't, you know, I finished high school, I didn't go to university, so it's kind of like the only thing I kind of was focused on. And I think like inventing, reinventing myself because, you know, the modeling wasn't serving my, me anymore. I wanted to be in Miami, I wanted to be with my family, I didn't want to travel as much anymore. I saw that there is an opportunity in content creation and I kind of started to turn my content around and it was 
you know, Instagram, like quite slowly I started to turn and it was not as uncomfortable because still the platform was quite familiar for me. But YouTube was something that was a little bit more scary for me because I, A, I have a barrier with language. I've always felt like, okay, I'm a foreigner, like I have an accent, how the people are going to feel about it. And uh, also like, how am I going to, what am I going to film? Like, do I have enough to tell to people? Like, what do they want to know? Okay, maybe I, 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 I know how to come up with 10 videos, but like a hundred, a thousand, like, I don't know if I'm going to have ideas. <laughs> so as you said, we always uh, lower ourselves and yeah. putting ourselves down. down. Uh, but I, I saw it as a challenge and I have to give a credit to my husband. I think I was like brewing this idea in myself for quite a bit of time, maybe for like, I created a channel probably seven years before I launched it. Okay. What? But I took me so long to actually do it. Okay. And that's all about overthinking. So I was overthinking for seven years. And finally, oh, yeah, like when I, <laughs> that's not a good business, Vita. <laughs> and finally, when I step out of modeling and I was like, what's next? I was like, okay, uh, YouTube is my next thing. I really want to do it. I love YouTube. I like the idea of YouTube and I was brewing it in me for maybe six months and I was sharing it with my husband as like, my husband is like super private person. He has Instagram, but like he doesn't post anything. And I, you know, also like, I don't know, I wanted to do YouTube about my life. Like he has to be in it too. So, and yeah. I was like, how he's going to feel about it. And I felt like I was sharing so much with him that at some point he's like, just do it. Like, why you keep talking about it and not doing anything about it? And I was like, yeah, but you know, like, it's so scary. Like, you know, you know, so many people here and I know like we, in the end, we do care about what people think, you know, and that's, I think it's a human nature. It is, you know, and he's like, just do it. Who cares? And I think that he gave me this push and like, Good. okay, go for it. Like, stop talking about it. Do it actually. And I think it's first time, like I, for in a long time, I went out of my comfort zone completely and started to record the videos. Like when I first look at my first video, I didn't delete it. I was like, this is going to be a great <laughs> memory for me to go back to. Uh, I, I look very uncomfortable and feel very uncomfortable now watching it. Uh, but I, I learned that as you go, you learn. And as you practice, you become more confident and you become more aware of what you're doing and you only can improve by learning. Yeah. And I think when you start connecting with the audience, like for instance, like I've never done a podcast in my life. I just wanted to do it because I have a sense of like my, my calling is mm -hmm. uh, communications. Uh, I, I wanted to be a model because it represented me a whole thing, but I'm not the one meter 90 or the poster. Even though you're gonna have to show me how to walk the runway <laughs> of, the, of the thing, it's my friend Esteban Cortazar, who's a designer. He was here. He showed me how to walk for his runway mm -hmm. because I'm from the Amazon. I walk very much of a very strong walk. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, Vita is going to give us a, a <laughs> runway tip. Yeah, but I have high heels now, so you know. she's got <laughs> some high heels, lady. <laughs> but ultimately, what you have is the connection with the audience, and that is realness, man. And it's uh, the the way that you can be empathetic to and how can now it's about being vulnerable and showing mm -hmm. all your problems but no it's about having that connection and i think it, maybe you will be shy at the first video but you do have that genuine empathetic connection with your followers 
and in your YouTube and in every video that you share. So well, keep you. doing so it, much. and it's amazing. Sometimes are topics that I feel like they're interesting for me, or maybe some of them are not, but for your followers, and it's interesting to you because it's something that you're sharing from your own experience. I mean, sometimes you see my podcast and you see like, what the fuck? I don't have no interest in 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 listening to this, but. Um, yeah, but as we said, it applies uh, to everything. You can't please everyone, you and you just do your you own you thing. And, and you, you find but there is a connection through the, the the genuinity, and you do have it. So, um, whatever people will tell you, I think everybody has nowadays mostly an opinion towards everything. Uh, but with the skepticism and the cynicism that they will come out at you, you also have the right to prove them wrong. Yeah, I that, agree. Uh, you you did something right, and you also have the right also to fail because sometimes you'll do projects, and those projects, the world wasn't changed, and we don't have all these commodities now nowadays because of people who follow the same guidelines and the same structure and the same laws. It was people who were bold, they were called crazy, and that who dared to promote or propose. Uh, different ways and challenge that status quo that keep us always in the little box. Yeah. So, come on, give us some love, at least <laughs> credit, A for, A, A for effort <laughs> to all of us. And uh, I think it's amazing that you're doing what you're doing and um, that you have evolved, not only because of reinventing yourself, but as a woman in your evolution, the strength, uh, I don't know much and the, this conversation of 40 minutes will not take me as far as I would love to know from your beginnings but you have a solid fucking <laughs> base Lita and I, I mean I still it, feel like I, I'm in transition I, period I, I <laughs> but uh, all your life because they asked yeah. me the other day in this Q&A's that I do every Sunday it's like when was the moment that you felt uh, you that this. you knew, knew mm -hmm. yourself yeah. or like no man it's never it, like <laughs> you i hope that you're still evolving and uh, and being open to uh, other possibilities or ideas because otherwise we just tend to close ourselves and we end up in politics and in places that just uh, limit us they don't define us it's like the same thing uh, we do with sports football is not something that women can play it's yeah. uh, the stereotypes of what they put of what women can do mm -hmm. and sometimes when you say that you didn't have an education you have values which is for me no i honestly most say because i don't i don't i don't have uh, a how it. to say a i don't college, have a, a college degree okay uh, mira most people go to college to get a job because when you put the resume people will say will see that for four years you were constant in going to a classroom and doing some homework. So that might give them a chance that their business is going to be kind of taken care of. But ultimately, the school of life and the values that your family have given you, they don't teach you in this uh, education system. I agree. That's why I do the program that we do, because I think the values that we teach in the sorority, for women supporting women, for resilience, for taking better decisions, for discipline, mm -hmm. for all the things that your family taught you. You didn't have to go to school, so never. Uh, I think it's also important to not put yourself down that you didn't have an education. I have the best education. <laughs> my mom and my, my dad. I had my, my own mom and my, I had dad. my own way. Ivy League. 
but honestly like i also don't think that education is something like we we put in as you said in a very um like we always judge things by a traditional way and i think we always you know think okay you finish school you have to go to university but i honestly think that especially i like the fact that in united states it's kind of common that people uh go and learn and study later in life it's like very common where in my country it's not common like mm. if you're past certain age like people are scared to go to university because you're going to be the only one there that at certain <laughs> age where here is like very common and i think it's beautiful because in the end you want to choose profession that will be useful to you and will be interesting where as a young person if you tell me now to choose which university to go to and career paths to take at age of 18 i'll not know no, but maybe you can start doing the school of influencer because you men, I don't know, I try to do content, but I'm <laughs> very bad at it. It's like the morning, the ritual, the content, the film, they get ready with me. You are a mother, a wife, you create content. How do you manage all you this? See how maybe you see you me from outside because I don't feel this way. Vite, I see you all your videos. I said, fucking Vita is doing the video. How could you do <laughs> one, two, three, four? And I mean, I, I got into, I feel like I did get <laughs> into rhythm, but to be honest, like I, you know, I don't feel like I'm having my shit together when it comes maybe to content. Maybe you do the university <laughs> of influencers. Uh, maybe, who knows? And there's a trend about like now influence is getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. So maybe the school of, of creating content. You're very good at it, let me tell you. Thank you. I mean, I do it my way. I don't know if there's like, you know, to, to teach someone. I don't know if there is like a rule to teach. When are you start creating that guideline? I don't know about podcasts, but I can start doing a guideline. Ah. Of if you want to start your podcast, <laughs> because I, Vita, who I've seen around, barely spoke two words. And then the other day she's like, oh, I like your podcast. <laughs> I was like, yes, we're doing something good. Yes. Uh, I love it, man. And congratulations for everything you're doing. Thank and you. uh, keep shining that light. Of, yeah. uh, of strength but I'm really curious because I think when you go to a country the first things you need to know it's how to pronounce Vita's uh, name uh, how to say hi mm -hmm. how to ask for food and um, or for a ride <laughs> but also how to say fuck you okay do how I do you curse like in Russian <sighs> do I really have to do it yeah well I mean, do I, is, it, is it like <laughs> is, is it, it like common to do it here? I can do it. Of course, this is a way. Let's go. Let's. Um, I can curse in Spanish. I can tell you how to curse in Spanish because now you live in Miami. You need to know how to speak Spanish. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Coño. Coño. I mean, I know, I know that one. I think because I think that uh, Italian there's something similar. Uh, no, Cogno. Italian. No, Italian. Cazzo. Cazzo. Exactly. Cazzo. In French, I mean, in, it's gonna. In, uh, in, in Russian, fuck will be pizdets. Come Pizdets. Pizdets. You see, it's a good warm up for your tongue. <laughs> you are doing. My tongue twisters now <laughs> are gonna be cursing in Russian. Ah, pizdets. Pizdets. Yeah. Dets. Ends yeah. with dets. Yeah. Toma por cu. Toma no cu. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do I have to repeat that too? No, no. <laughs> yes. You should. <laughs> um, yeah, so what else did I say? Do you have another one? Mm. Pitznets, it's, it's fuck. Pitznets, you know, I like to be a classic girl. No, a bitch? <laughs> nah. I'll be, I'll just cut with one. <laughs> nah. 
Natalia Bodianova told me how to call, say bitch. Yeah? Sí. So you see, now you add a one word to dictionary. Bitch, suka. <laughs> you knew that. Viste, claro. Ah. Te estoy diciendo otra más. I'm trying not to curse because I have now a four and a half year old and she told her first cursed word about four weeks ago. So What me and my it? husband um, made a promise that we will stop cursing at and home. Which was a word she first said? I mean, it was so innocent, but it was something that my husband always says. Which is? She was just playing and she was like putting toys away and she was just by herself there. And I was like in another room, but still close by that I could hear it. And she was just putting something and she's like, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I literally was in another room, like Googling what I should do in this case. I was like, what do you do when your, when your child says the first cursing word? And the first day they said, do not pay attention. <laughs> You may so I just ignored it. I don't know if that's going to work. It's still a learning process for me. She repeated it multiple times after, but now that we don't curse anymore, I feel like it's been quiet maybe for a week. Alegra. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Mira. But she said it in a such a, like, I could hear it. She said it in a way that she probably didn't even understand the meaning. I mean, she understood that it's probably in some, like, the frustrating moment. But I don't know if she fully, like, understood the meaning. I love it. And <laughs> kids, they copy everything. There's oh my God, she said, oh my God, I have to <laughs> tell you. Today I picked her up from school and I posted it on Instagram. I mean, things they say, it's hilarious. So I picked her up from school and she goes, Mom, I tried margarita today. And I was like, haha, I hope without alcohol. And she was like, pizza. she was like, took a second. She was like, Mom, it was pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. You're dirty mind thinking. Margarita is my favorite drink. Skinny margaritas. Mira, no, Spicy margarita. No, with the jalapeno. Exactly, my favorite drink. Bueno, in, in nine months we go to, down to Mexico. Exactly. To have one. But listen, I think it's, uh, it's amazing what you do. Um, there's a study in Harvard that says that people that actually curse have less chances to get sick because they are expressing actually be able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. I love the way you express yourself with the, the elegance and the classiness. You don't need to say bad words, but all your content has a, a, a way of that is related to you and is related to everybody. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you at the Zing. Thank This is you your so house. Much. I want to give you a little something for you and Allegra. That's so cute. Oh, the goleadoras. Oh, that's so sweet. So What is this? Girls with balls, do not Google the girls with balls because it's up to your own. Yeah, I'm not gonna Do not show that Google to girls with balls to Allegra because I don't know what she's gonna say. She's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Dad, mom, Will be another addition to her, book, <laughs> to her knowledge. <laughs> Completely different. But it will be an 18 year old present. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, can, it can be now. Oh, it can be, it's a small size? See, it's a small size. Oh, it's Goleadoras, it's a norm for profit, and we use soccer oh, to empower. Beautiful. girls Thank we're you. opening centers in I Miami. love the name it's cool uh, but no you have to be a little bit bold to be able to support this Bazaar for Good is actually supporting goleadoras this year so are you doing something for Bazaar for Good You're I mean I'm, I'm, al I'm always supporting yes you have a big heart so I'm there <laughs> let's keep scoring some goals maybe you come and play some football yeah I mean I'm, I'm honestly never played football in my life but listen I'm down for anything no new you, <laughs> you play the number 69 
Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you just uh, love that already. <laughs> <laughs> you just score some goals. Listen, I'll just look pretty and running after the ball. <laughs> and she's brilliant and smart, and not just pretty, but a wonder with a wonderful heart. It's an honor to have you here at the scene. Thank you so much. Follow Vita Sidorkinak. Sidorkina. You probably will know how to spell uh, pronounce the name much better than I do. What's my name? Eglantina. Zing. Zing. With double G. <laughs> this has been an episode of the Zing with double G. If you find any value in this conversation, share it, follow her. You know the drill. You can find the Zing in any of the podcasts or uh, platforms you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Give some heart, send some comments. And um, how do you say I love you in uh, Russian? Я тебя люблю. Я тебя люблю. Спасибо.